Hey folks, this is Abel James, and thanks so much for joining us on Fat-Burning Man, where we talk about real food and real results. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm going sugar-free for 30 days, and immediately think to yourself of 100 reasons why you could never do that? According to brain scans, sugar is more addictive than cocaine. If that sounds crazy, consider this. In 1900, the average American ate about 5 pounds of sugar a year. Pretty reasonable, right? But by 2000, the average American ate 150 pounds of sugar a year. Just to put that into perspective, that's nearly my entire body weight in sugar every single year. That is a ton of sugar. Once upon a time, our guest this week, Barry Friedman, was addicted to sugar as well. But today, as the best-selling author of I Love Me More Than Sugar, he's about to teach you how to slay your own inner sugar monster. Before we get to the show, here's a quick update. How would you like to have over 250 quick and easy real food recipes in your pocket at all times? Behold our new cooking app, Caveman Feast 3.0. Whether you have an iPhone, iPad, or Android, you have a brand spanking new app waiting for you in your app store. This new and improved version of Caveman Feast includes over 250 wild and paleo-friendly recipes, many of which have never been seen before, a shopping planner, and the best pulled pork you've ever had in your life. When we first launched Caveman Feast in 2013, this little app hit number one in food and drink and went on to beat out Minecraft and Angry Birds by hitting number six in the entire app store with over 1,200 five-star reviews. We're on a mission to help millions around the world heal themselves with real food, and we're incredibly grateful for your support. Now we're upping the ante with 60-plus new recipes, macro tracking, health and Apple Watch integration, and much more. Here's what Miano wrote in about Caveman Feast. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> oh, so delicious. I've been listening to the Fat Burning Man podcast for quite some time and finally got guilt tripped enough to start actually doing what I hear. And go figure, the food is amazing. I absolutely love the chicken and poultry section and have begun looking through the veggie dishes. I'm new to the cooking and eating whole foods thing, but so far, two to three weeks, I am loving this new lifestyle and so does my wife. Well, thank you so much for writing in. We're stoked you and your wife are digging it so far. If you've tried Caveman Feast and you're out there, please don't forget to leave us a review. It really helps. We read every single one, and we do our best to continuously update our apps and products over time to make them better for you. So don't be shy. We love hearing from you. And if you don't have Caveman Feast yet, all you have to do is go to cavemanfeastapp.com. You can find the links right there. Uh, if you follow my newsletter at fatburningman.com, you can also find it there. Uh, but even easier, just search for Caveman Feast in either the iOS app store, if you have iPhone or iPad, or if you have an Android, look in the Google Play or Amazon stores for Caveman Feast, and Caveman Feast 3.0 should pop right up. And by the way, if you already bought the app, uh, this update is totally free for you. All right, on to the show about sugar with Barry Friedman. You're about to learn how to detox from sugar for 30 days, what to do when you have a craving, how to avoid hidden sugars in common foods, and most importantly, this is the first Fat-Burning Man show ever where I've had someone juggling live on the show, so you're about to get a treat, no pun intended. All right, let's go hang out with Barry. Folks, I am privileged to be joined here today by the great Barry Friedman, the best-selling author of I Love Me More Than Sugar. Barry is a six-times TED presenter, international award-winning performer, business coach, commercial pilot, triathlete, writer, and always a husband and father. Barry is also a four-time juggling world champion, opening for dozens of celebrities, including the late Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Howie Mandel, and even Tom Jones and Dean Martin. He even rides his unicycle off-road. You're the second person on the show who does that. Barry, <laughs> thanks so much for being here. I can tell we're oh about to have some fun. You had another mountain unicyclist on? That's awesome. I did. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. After I had him on the show, Dr. Alan Christensen, he specializes oh. in the thyroid, he sent me he sent me a video of him off-roading on his unicycle, just thanking for like thanking me for having him on the show. It was the uh, most like surreal video I've ever received from anybody. It was awesome. Oh, that's hilarious. It's a, it's a remarkable skill. I wish it would catch on, but there's a, a, lot, a lot of stumbling blocks for people on the way to getting there. First, riding the unicycle is right. the issue. What, yeah. So what do you think about those hoverboards? Oh, my son has one in the house, and <laughs> I, I, I did get on it the other day. We charge it in the garage, though. We're not we're not throwing right. caution to the wind, but yeah. Yeah, it's but cool it's, if uh, the garage burns down, but the, the main house, yeah. you want to protect that. It's a, the hoverboard is a great metaphor for life. It's very easy if you relax on it. Yeah, oh, I can <laughs> see that. 
<laughs> I still haven't tried one. I, I can't wait. But anyway, let's let's get into the main meat of today's conversation, which is all about sugar. It's something that, you know, I've talked to Harvard MDs about it. I've talked to average Joes about it, pretty much everyone in between. And every single person on earth struggles with sugar. So let's go yeah. back to when you first realized it was a it was another leap year. Tell us about yes. what happened when you tried to kick sugar because it was it got a little ugly. Yeah, it was funny. It was uh, February 28th, the day before Leap Day 2012. And my nine-year-old said from the back seat, he's like, Daddy, what are you going to leap for Leap Day? And I thought, man, that is a brilliant uh, idea. Yeah. Not really the point of the holiday, but let's roll with it. And we had just <laughs> eaten this big, you know, the size that things are sold in today's world aren't right. right. So we had bought the big one. <laughs> of course. Of uh, frozen yogurt with all these peanut butter cups and whatnot on top. Because it saves so you money, disgusting. right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. It's cheap once you get the cup. And so I felt really disgusting, Abel. And I was like, Dad, I said, I'm going to I'm gonna leave sugar for the day. I don't even know where it came from. I was certainly the person least likely to ever think about even going a couple hours without sugar. Um, but I said that, and uh, I did it. Woke up February 29th, 2012, and just I just changed everything. I just kind of had a uh, protein breakfast. Mm-hmm. And started uh, thinking, oh, this would be when I'd have something. And I started picturing that day. I started thinking, wow, here's what I would have eaten. And at the end of the night, I had just, we had this table in our house. And I saw all the things that I would have eaten that day without even thinking about it on yeah. my table. It just in, in my mind. And the next day, March 1st, I woke up and I just felt so, you know, internally, I felt this power. I felt this control. <laughs> and I was just laughing. I was like, I can't believe I did that for a day. I'm going to try 30 days of it. I think it was probably about 21 days into that. I said, I'm going to try a year of this. But in my mind, I w- uh, the hard part was over. Mm-hmm. I, I literally had gone uh, 21 days at that point with nothing with added sugar in it. No yeah. honey, no syrup, no sweeteners. I ate fruit. That was, uh, you know, my handy trusty banana or, nice. you know, whatever I happened to uh, eat. And it's a radical uh, change in my life. So, yeah, it's so, uh, it happened. It snuck up on me. So what happened? What did you experience when you were going through that? Because I know, I, I think you mentioned day four, there was almost like a breakdown, right? Yeah, I, I still uh, shudder to think about day four of the uh, uh, crawling out of my own skin. And, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the moment that uh, I, I was sitting on the couch, my son was eating this chocolate bar, and I don't know, it wasn't even that I wanted it, it was just seeing it and the flashbacks and the realization of my entire life and how in my entire life I'd been bribed, rewarded and punished with the stuff. And now yeah. I was sitting there voluntarily uh, choosing not to have any. And my wife said, let me try just massaging you to get you through this hard part. And mm-hmm. I was flopping like a fish on the table. And wow. And uh, it, was, it was very intense. But that was the moment when I uh, clicked over. I probably wouldn't be, st- well, I wouldn't be standing here talking to you if I had right. just grabbed a piece of his chocolate bar at that point. <laughs> now, and you- I think we all come up against some kind of a wall like that, be it uh, sugar, emotions, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, part of it is physiological, but a lot of it is mental as well, right? Because you, you realize when you dump something like sugar that you you have this inclination or this little thing that's tugging at you being like, oh, I want a little bit of that, that candy or that cookie or that something. Or this is the time of day I normally have that sweet fix or whatever. What do you do or what do you recommend to people who, who are, you know, in the middle of getting rid of this stuff but still have those cravings, still have those those habits that are kind of built in? What can you do to counteract that aside sure. from flopping like a fish on the table? Yeah, that is very unpleasant. Uh, you know, it's funny, and it's a mindset. It was, if someone actually wants to, I wish, you know, you had said, you know, people want a little bite of this. or I wish it could be that way, but honestly, processed sugar is not designed for uh, completion right. or satisfaction. You know, this, holding up a little brain here that I happen to have on my desk. You know, so awesome. this thing is a... Uh, this thing gets made very happy when it when it has something like that. The dopamine gets released. We right. start getting that rush. We start feeling really good. And it's about more. Um, that's how we've gone from, uh, you know, back in the days when it was discovered, people, uh, rich people ate maybe four pounds of it a year. Mm-hmm. Heck, we're doing uh, eight pounds of that every three weeks now. Yeah. So moderation is a real toughie. If someone wants to kind of go off it there uh, or even... You know, let's just back up and play with it a little bit. If you want to try and do less, here's a real simple hack. Every time you think you're going to reach for something sweet that uh, you don't need and it's maybe habitual and maybe it's, uh, you know, boredom, mm-hmm. emotions, loneliness, you know, any of the myriad of yeah. reasons we we reach for something sweet, do this. Drink two glasses of water and take a five-minute walk. And if you come back and still want that, 
have a quarter of the amount you would have. How's yeah. that for a simple formula? Uh, I love it. Just something to jump into uh, to interrupt the pattern. And it totally, totally works. I think the problem is people, they hear that and they're like, but I still want the silver bullet. What's what's the thing that I can do that'll really work? And it's so funny because you get that answer. And if you actually do that, if you actually, the water is is a fantastic one. Uh, sometimes tea, anything that can kind of like interrupt that pattern, like you said. And then certainly, sometimes even just doing like a couple of push-ups or something, like definitely walk outside. Anything that gets your blood flowing completely, yeah. it, it you know nourishes your brain. It refreshes wherever you're at, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, I definitely didn't want that. And it's Amen. Uh, and we want to we want a state change. That's uh, mm -hmm. what we're kind of in 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 seek. We're seeking that a lot in this world. Uh, there's uh, maybe some bad news you heard. Something you're dealing with. Too many responsibilities. Yeah. And it's really easy. And we're in the habit. Um, I said earlier, since birth, you know, we're bribed, rewarded, and punished with sugar. Mm -hmm. And it it has a real part in our vocabulary in our library. And uh, if we, as adults or even as kids, I am my. That same little boy, my 13-year-old, he's in the house. He's doing uh, this month 30 days sugar-free, which nice. is just awesome. Man, Man it's that's great. hard we have for a foreign, kid. Yeah, we have a foreign exchange student here from Sweden, so they're both doing it together. And it, it's it's so fun to watch, but there are those seconds where the, the hand just goes, and he goes, oh, I'm not doing that. And I go, quick, let's grab a glass of water, and let's just go out and play the basketball. Let's ride the unicycles for a minute. Let's just have some fun for a few minutes. And it's never after that pattern interrupt do we go, oh, where's that donut? You know? Right. We don't go it, back to that. We don't. It's funny because you hear you hear about sugar being talked about as addictive as drugs, and you go through withdrawal and stuff like that. But this is the first time I've really realized that we're using it also as a drug, aren't we? Right? It's oh like my. when you're reaching out for a state change for some, for a donut every day or for something that's uh, that's sweet that's always around you. You're you're literally using it as a drug. Oh man, I tell you, the mouth. It's not. It wasn't designed as a, a portal for squelching fear and sadness and loneliness or anger. But we use it that way all the time. Food is nutrition, and percentage-wise, very few of the uh, six hundred thousand items that sit on market shelves serve that purpose. Yeah, uh, a whole lot of them aren't about uh, nutrition. Right. So They're about addiction, really, and and nurturing <laughs> a long-term addiction and kind of like vaporizing on your tongue and making you hungrier and hungrier. It's uh, it's obviously something we need to get away from. So you you didn't start off necessarily overweight, right? You lost some weight, but that yeah. wasn't the main reason you did it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I was never the guy in the uh, who I saw in the airport this weekend who was having a Cinnabon at 620 in the morning waiting yeah. to get on a six-hour flight. But they smell uh, so good. Yeah, I did get up to a 38-inch waist, which for a guy like you is probably heresy. But, you know, now I'm a... Now I'm a nice 32-inch waist, which Svelte. is uh, Oh, I dig yeah, it. Yeah, it's really that's my high school uh, pants size. I'm in, and back in skinny jeans like we were in the, in the late 70s. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't about weight loss for me. It was just about this feeling, and mainly that feeling I had in 2012 after we had finished that yogurt, and my son asked me about leaping. Uh, for some reason, two synapses that had never met in my brain kind of shook hands and said, "Hey, let's try this thing." And boy, I, I don't know. Uh, after feeling so much a victim of my mouth, really all seven holes in my head. I mean, you know, what we hear, what we see and breathe. Yeah. This is a complicated little uh, square foot of space uh, for yeah. squelching. Uh, so gaining some control, having the option and having one day clean sugar free. I uh, just really got into what else is this about? And boy, the unfolding, the emotional stuff, the, the fears, the uh, how I'd use it to cover up. And along the way, yeah, some weight loss started dropping off. I tell you, when you go off a of Snickers a day or a Reese's peanut butter cup, wait, a Reese's peanut butter cup. No, one of the happiest days <laughs> in my life is when they created the four pack, you know, yeah. versus, versus the two pack. But yeah, that yeah, that's the kind of stuff I was popping in. And maybe a lot of listeners, the fat burning man aren't uh, in that place, but I, I'm sure some are. <laughs> some are. Late, yeah, some but, are. You know what? And it's... It, even for people who work out a lot, and there are definitely people who listen to the show who are totally into CrossFit or Spartan races or, or marathons and triathlons, things like that, I think there's still that sugar monkey. I know when I was running marathons at the beginning and, and when I was a runner growing up, a lot of times we would use goo and we'd be carb loading all the time and we'd be just packing on the sugar. And I mean, like when you're going out and you're running for four hours a day or whatever, you can kind of afford to come back and eat half a pie. Right. Or eat something that's super sugary and you can kind of get away with it. The problem is, is when people have a change in their own lifestyles, 
where they're not making that adjustment anymore, but they're still hooked to sugar. So what do you do for the people? Because you're you're an athlete as well. Yeah, How do you yeah. manage being an athlete and and kind of fueling with carbs sometimes, but also not being addicted to sugar at the same time? Yeah, I may not work out hard enough to actually to where my body demands it. Yeah, uh, I've done a hand since I've been off sugar. I've done a handful of uh, triathlons. I did uh, two tough mutters since I've been off. Cool. Um, I did a two mile lake swim recently, and none of those things really say, "Hey, Barry, start shoving in some good." I think on one of the um, triathlons I did though I did pop a goo and I was like wow that was really intense it's like rocket fuel (laughs) yeah I was I used to be able to do those pretty regularly but uh so and I don't know the goos they loaded I don't even I didn't even know what was in them I knew it probably it wasn't something I ever eat before but yeah I was I was jonesing on the run a little bit so I popped one of those in and just shoveled some water down uh I use fruit a lot you know Mm -hmm. to me that's a, a very slow releasing sugar and I do well on it I'm the guy at the uh, triathlon at the uh, the stations that grabs a couple of bananas and starts running with those and leaves yeah. the other stuff behind. And nice, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, at uh, 53, I'm I have this great rule, and maybe some of your uh, lesser accomplished athlete listeners will go for this. I consider myself winning first place in a triathlon, in a uh, half marathon, in a swimming race if I'm less than twice the winner. Okay. Yeah, that's my formula, and I've I've done it every time. I'm like, yeah, I just made it on uh, the two mile lake swim. That was funny. That's a pretty good formula because you're not going to kill yourself, but you're still going to get like a pretty reasonable time. You're going to be, I mean, it's not easy to do that stuff, but at no. the same time, oh, I no. think you know it's cool because you're probably not going too much into the anaerobic zone. You're basically burning I, fat the whole time. I think so. Yeah, I uh, I I just keep moving and never stop. So that's uh. I think, but yeah, I didn't start swimming till 42. And uh, wow. I asked, I asked one of the guys on my master's team. I said, uh, "How can I get a little bit faster?" And he said, "Barry, you uh, started as an adult. You'll always have an accent." Yeah, <laughs> I'm there. I love that. Yeah. So, uh, man, reading your bio is a lot of fun. You you have done and do so many different things. One of the biggest excuses people have, though, is that you know, in their working life in their home life it doesn't leave them enough time to really think that much about food or about preparing food or staying away from bad foods sugary foods things like that what do you have to say to people well you know and i hear i hear some real interesting excuses when this comes up with you know and it's so funny if you mentioned you probably hear it in the paleo world or i mean i certainly hear it whenever i'm at a party or something people go sugar free instantly the next sentence is always why they can't do it yeah i mean it is so predictable in my brain. I'm always going, oh, I can't wait to hear why this person can't do it. And, and the two big the two big uh, ones are always the same curves we deal with in life everywhere, time and money, that it's too expensive. Yeah. Uh, I've had so many people who I've helped go through 30 days sugar-free and then continue on that you realize it's actually cheaper to eat uh, sugar-free than mm-hmm. it is to go always out and grab something. But it's counterintuitive. It's it's not something you think, and especially as in the hotel the other day and Oh my gosh, this ad came on Able. It was uh, it was like four items for four dollars menu or something. And I and it's you know, it's sad. You can't compete with that kind of food. Yeah. But really think about even long term, or if you get a organic chicken and you put it in a crock pot, you have dinner, you have soup, you have uh bone broth, you have uh and then hey, great tip, grind up every single bone in a food processor and you have one of those eight to ten dollar rolls of pate for your dog food. Yeah, Man, my dog, like when we yeah, it's the best thing when you take that chicken from wrapper to the end of the world and it's uh get about so cool. $50 worth of meals out of it. Uh, yeah, you and know, you're it's... not wasting a bunch of junk either and your dog loves it. Oh <laughs> my, my dog does. Oh my gosh, when I grind up those bones and put like a tablespoon in with her food every night, she's like, "Make more chicken." Um, <laughs> you know, so it's developing maturity around the relationship yeah. with uh, certain foods and really if you can do that, I tell people and I promise you Maybe it takes a month. Maybe it takes six months. Uh, but on the other side of that addiction, there is a fundamental shift in your body, your mindset, your operating system that makes yeah. any other change or transformation in your life look very, very simple. And one of the cool things that happens is that your palate completely changes, right? You go from just eating all of this junk without even realizing it, let alone getting pleasure from it anymore, right? Because you're so used to it that it just doesn't do that thing that it's supposed to anymore. So you just eat more to, you know, you, you stay away from, from sugar and bad food for say 30 days. Then all of a sudden, if you try to bite into that Snickers bar, you're like, 
kabam, it's a punch in the face of, yeah. you know, this this rancid kind of stalish fat and chocolate-like substance and then just a blast of sugar that is so sugary and so sweet that it doesn't even taste good anymore. I, I haven't been brave enough to try it, but that description, man, that was visceral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was from a guy who... Uh, Popped the Snickers a day, and uh, you know, on a good day, there was uh, more ice cream and Reese's. And man, yeah. to even hear you talk about that thing uh, is a little intense right now. Yeah, but there comes a time when uh, something like this, a Fuji apple, becomes a treat that I yeah. almost have to sit down to take. And I understand, you know, if listeners are going, "Oh man, that's him." That's a. I mean, the truth is, it's waiting inside all of us. It's a very right. natural uh, reaction that love to uh, a natural piece of fruit, a mango. Man, I tell you, there's uh, probably nothing more wonderful in the world. I know it's very high on glycemic index and whatever, sure. but, you know, from where I came in life, if I uh, spend my life and the worst thing I do is eat a mango, man, I, <laughs> it's, it's win time. <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's all right. So here's some, now, this is a little bonus for anyone who's watching on video. And if you guys are on audio, run and find this part. Um, this is an eight-pound bowling ball. Nice. Abel will have to vouch for you. There Vouching right now. Yes. And uh, this is the amount of sugar that uh, average American eats in three weeks, eight pounds. That's freaking uh, crazy. This is an apple. This is a Fuji apple. This is the natural kind of sugar. You know, it comes with its own fiber, nice slow release. Yeah. And this is a tennis racket. And and uh, this is for exercise. You know, our bodies are made for rocking. I mean, look at you. You don't, uh, you don't wake up like, uh, looking like you from having Cinnabons. So <laughs> here's true. what I do. I'll take this. Uh, I'm going to juggle these three things. Move away from the mic a little bit. <laughs> nice. Bonus. Has anyone juggled on Fat Burning Man? No one has ever juggled on Fat Burning Man. All right. <laughs> We're in. So here we go. This is the apple bowling ball. Oh, my God. What? The apple bowling ball. And How racket. is that even possible? This is hard. And it's really early. <laughs> here we go. And I'm going to eat the I'm going to try and eat the apple. Okay. Now he's eating the apple. Oh, my God. There we go. Oh, my Lord. Yes. All right. <laughs> Shenanigans. I knew we were going to get some of those. See, that is you, amazing. You, uh, you can see the one that causes the problem in there. It's, it's all that sugar. <laughs> how, how heavy is that that bowling ball compared to, you know, this? this I, I can't imagine juggling that next to a racket. No. You got to flip the racket and the apple doesn't weigh anything. And they're all different colors. I mean, that's what really no. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this. Okay, so when you're fueling on sugar, you get that that sugar rush. And especially as a performer, sometimes you really need to get into it. You, you want those quick reactions. You want to be ready for anything on stage, especially if you're juggling professionally. Did you yeah. feel a difference in your, in your brain when you started staying away from the sugar? Because a lot of people, once they start burning fat instead of, of sugar and relying on that, they, they notice some serious changes. Yeah. So, you know, and it's funny. We are so used to that little spike from sugar, but it's very artificial. It comes with it comes on at a very nat, nat unnatural rate, yeah. and it falls off on a rate that is punishing right. to all sorts of the body. So there may be that nice little peak in the middle where we feel good, uh, but the truth is, adrenaline takes care of that wonderfully. You know, when we used to run from lions and tigers, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't need a sugar spike. <laughs> we, we did that just fine. And it's a great we get image. The same thing as a performer. <laughs> Four big changes happened, though. Uh, two on the inside, two on the outside. And I've been with thousands of people who have gone through 30 days sugar-free, and, and these are very consistent. Uh, on the inside, anxiety settle down hmm. and uh, sleep. Boy, just that sleeping becomes an entirely different game when your body isn't processing. And it's funny, somehow it became a habit, and it's not somehow. It's, you know, because it's a drowning of boredom and loneliness and anything else. But right before bed, to have a big bowl of ice cream or yeah. a, a bowl of cereal, something like that. And that, that's a beating. That's a real hard beating. So when you're not doing that to your body right before uh, bed, it's amazing. And then on the outside, changes in your skin and weight loss. Yeah. Uh, those are four of the most basic changes that we regularly see in people who, who uh, drop all processed sugars. I can't tell you how many people uh, in their own defense of why they won't do this say, oh, you're still eating fruit. You're still having this. There's sugar and positive sugar. Hey, my gosh. Drop the processed stuff. I tell you, that is enough of a hero's journey for yeah. just about anyone in a 21st century existence. If after 30 days you're really loving what you see and feel, hey, get rid of the pasta. Get yeah. rid of the uh, other carbs. Start mm -hmm. mellowing out on that. But boy, to think that we could go from where we're eating right now to all of a sudden having no carbs in our life, 
uh, it's just set up for disaster and failure. Yeah, that's tough to do. Now, what about the things? Okay, so I, I think a lot of people would be able to uh, conceptualize kicking out the bad junk food that's sugary. The problem is you walk into a Whole Foods or a health food store or, you know, Amazon online and they have a bunch of paleo bars, vegan bars, health foods that are packed with sugar that yeah. also are really bad for you. How do you how do you help people differentiate? Is it flipping it, flipping the uh, package over, looking at the sugar in it? Is there like a, a shorthand for it? What, what do you do? Sure. So, uh, you know, so we can't confuse health food. For uh, food that comes in a wrapper with a nice-looking woman or a picture of a barn, you know, <laughs> the, pa- the packaging is really sketchy. So yeah, I mean, I look at the uh, and often I'll just take a quick look at the nutritional facts. That's kind of my first hit, and just see the sugar amount. And then if it's got a sugar content, I'll look at the ingredients then and compare. There's yeah. over fifty. I think I, I, I there's over sixty or so names of sugar. I have fifty right. plus listed on my website. Yeah. But it's, it's it's really interesting how that stuff's hidden. All kinds of great names. So I will look to the uh, nutritional facts. If it's got, you know, a gram or two, I figure it comes from something. I'll look at the ingredients, go, oh, that comes. Like I was just looking at hummus yesterday. Yeah. And I thought, oh, it's weird. It's got two grams of sugar and it's the most savory food in the world. And it's got a red pepper cut up in it. So that sugar is from the red pepper. Yeah. I don't worry about that stuff. I look for any of the 50 plus added words for sugar. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for people during the first uh, 30 days to take in that actual feeling of, rehabilitation of just yeah. resetting, rebooting our uh, taste buds because, boy, you mentioned it a few days ago. What are the, the taste buds, I think, replace themselves every uh, 21 days, I believe that's what it is. And, boy, what a great ride that is uh, when all of a sudden you start going, this is broccoli? You yeah, know? <laughs> I can taste so, this. <laughs> I can actually taste this, and it's a pretty good taste. It's, yeah. Uh, it's a pretty magical taste. Uh, whoever designed this whole thing is, uh, depending <laughs> on uh, your, fra- your flavor of how you think like to think the world was put together, yeah, uh, there was some great thought put into a lot of foods, and that's such a great point too. Because when you uh, when you start resetting your palate, then you can appreciate that a sweet potato is really freaking sweet, and so yeah, is knew? a tomato, and so is kale. When you get nice fresh kale, when you get high quality food, all of a sudden you can taste instead of tasting like broccoli, right? Like the disgusting broccoli one flavor thing that you had out of a freeze dried package when you were a kid or whatever. You taste like eight things at the same time. And that's yeah. one of the most beautiful things about getting away from processed food is that all of a sudden you can taste the real thing again. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I hope uh, if someone's listening to this, if they trust themselves, if, uh, if a voice of something Abel said, something I said, uh, just touches something inside of you. I would, uh, encourage you to not squelch it down, not cover it with a donut and not think <laughs> that's for somebody else. But really you're listening to this for a reason. And the reason might be that, it may be time for you to, to uh, trust yourself, to gift yeah. yourself with some other opportunity, some other option, um, because there's a lot of ways to go through this. The costs of uh, the standard American diet are, uh, are painful uh, to you, and the ripples go out to touch members of your family, and your yeah. community, and your friends. And it's, it's really hard to see people suffer for something that is uh, affordable, doesn't take any longer, but it takes uh, a will. I often mm-hmm. say that... Uh, Wanting to go off sugar, it's pretty simple. The math, you have to want it. You have to want the health more than you want the donut. Yeah. Uh, and if you can do that, uh, it's not confusing math. Right. Get through it. And when the addiction goes away, when the cravings stop, boy, the lights shoot up. And uh, as I said earlier, any other change in your life, ah, it's, it's a joke. It's yeah. A joke. Yeah. And I think you, you raised such a great point, too, because there are so many things that you can do that no one will ever do, especially not right at once. You know, I've been on my own health journey for my whole life or whatever, and sometimes I feel like I walk into a restaurant, I walk into anywhere where you shop for food, and I I feel like I know too much. It's it's Mm. definitely a double-edged sword because you're just like, I I can't reach for that. that. You know, there are so many bad things about, you know, X rabbit hole that you can go down. But I think for anyone who you know, has been listening for a while about what is healthy, what what isn't healthy. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know everything. And I think you can get the vast majority of benefit benefits from being healthy just by eliminating processed sugar. I think that's our number one biggest problem. And that's why basically anyone can turn their health around turn their health around by doing exactly what you're saying. Go off sugar uh-huh. for thirty days. Man, you got a lot of uh, followers, and I pray that even 1% listens to you and trusts themselves <laughs> to do that because 
uh, that will spread. That will cast a little stone into the lake and the ripples will reach out. I know I've uh, affected uh, dozens of people in my little community here where I live on the internet, thousands of people. And, uh, you know, and, it, and to me, it's uh, so natural. I think it was my dad who, uh, bless his heart, you know, everything by the government, uh, uh, you know, if they say, he, he says if the FDA doesn't, uh, they wouldn't let us eat it if it wasn't okay. Right. And uh, I, I, I beg to differ with him, you know, respect the man for uh, giving me life. But yeah. the truth is there's a whole lot of things going on. Uh, there, there's big money in food. And when there's big yeah. money in something, it's really hard sometimes to get the truth. We are yeah. our own. We are our own FDA. So test. I, uh, I love to think of us as just giant test tubes. And why would we ever quit experimenting with what makes us feel better? I, uh, yeah, did that for six years ago, jumped off a chiropractor. I had swollen knees and it hurt when I ran. I had a hard time getting up and I was, uh, what, 47 years old. Yeah. And, uh, this chiropractor said, do you eat a lot of wheat just out of the blue? And she said, why don't you not try it for, uh, 30 days just to see what happens. Two weeks later, right outside our house here, I'm jumping off a wall with my son. What? I'm running. And so that's been a six year journey. And I never cool. think about pizza, beer, pasta, right. any of that stuff. And uh, boy, I got beautiful. I can do knee modeling right now, Abel. It's unreal. <laughs> They're not swollen anymore. I would so, love yeah, to see that. Keep testing, man. If you're not feeling good, you don't like what's happening inside your head, uh, play with the ingredients, play yeah. what goes into the recipe. If you don't like what you see out the windshield of your life or in the mirror of your life, you got options. You can always do something about it. Uh, yeah. we're, not, we're not stuck. There's one time we're stuck, and that's when you got a tombstone. Right. Yeah. And you'll get there a lot faster if you're if you're jamming on the sugar. That's been proven <laughs> by pretty much everything science has to say about that is sugar is bad. And any significant quantity, you, you just don't want to be pumping that stuff up. But you, you mentioned something that also is really important. When you combine avoiding sugar with avoiding wheat, especially if you're you're somewhat athletic or if you have achy, swollen joints, I remember when I went off wheat and especially went off sugar at the same time, I could tell my inflammation went way down. Even in pictures, oh. you look at yourself and you're like, wow, I look like 10 years younger. It's amazing oh. how that happens. We've shared that experience, man. I saw a video of me from 2008 and I was like, who is that guy? The skin. Right. The, uh, and I was on TV a lot. You know, I was like, man, did I go on TV like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh really scary and uh boy but it sneaks up on us right i mean it yeah. sneaks up on uh someone's listening right now that uh, can look down and you know not see their junk and uh yeah. you know and, and there's this thing and the truth is it snuck up on you mm -hmm. and uh can, now you mentioned you are on tv a lot you've been a performer for a long time that yeah. lifestyle doesn't lend itself speaking from experience you know touring around as a musician for a while that lifestyle definitely doesn't lend itself to health a lot of times you're performing in the middle of the night 18-hour days or whatever. I've been doing a lot of TV stuff recently that the food that production brings in is oh. is the worst. You know, it'll it'll be here long after the zombie apocalypse, that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so fresh. What, what are some of the... I, I know we have a lot of people who listen to this show who are kind of in the arts or performing or traveling for work. What do you recommend to people to, to keep everything, you know, to keep their health in line in a world that's really stacked against us? Yeah, bring your own snacks, man. I really do that stuff around catering tables. But, you know, you and I have probably left a lot of green rooms with uh, with nasty things. In this hotel room the other night, they left two warm chocolate chip cookies when I checked in. And oh, I was yeah. with our foreign exchange student. I took him on the road with me to show him that part of life. And we went into the room. I said, hey, Finn, look what these are great for. And I just crunched them up, put them in the toilet and flushed them. And cracked <laughs> up. You know, just That's real awesome. quick. But, you know, so we bring our own things. There's really simple things we can carry, like in a baggie. And I'll always have... Uh, like a baggie, uh, you know, a one quart baggie filled with uh, uh, raw almonds and, nice. and some raisins or roasted almonds. Uh, I'll bring a couple pieces of fruit on the road with me. I'll bring uh, homemade beef jerky, man. I love getting yeah. a piece of tri-tip, uh, using yes. some ginger, uh, tamari sauce, uh, gluten-free, uh, a little bit of garlic, man. And, the, and I just make that stuff all the time. And just, I'm just prepared on the road, and we have to be on the road because mm – -hmm. so there's two things, really, when you walk into that green room. First, am I hungry? Uh, second, will water solve this? Because, boy, so much of the time, especially on the road with flying, with different hours, with irregularity in our bowels or whatever from moving town to town, we need water. You know, yeah. we, are, we are big water containers, and it, it's not real common in the world. We'll throw uh, someone... Cheers, Barry. Cheers to that. <laughs> Cheers, man. Yeah, here we go. We got our, uh, our matching bottles. We'll, uh... <laughs> yeah, but we have to keep that going. And so often, uh, we're not hungry. It, it's habitual. So if yeah. you're... Back in a green room, your performer, artist, 
juggler. We don't want to juggler. Anyone. You, uh, and, and you know, those things are sitting there, realize that those are uh, for people who have made the decision, haven't made the decision yet to take care of themselves and have this body be a temple that serves them and allows them to perform their art. Yeah. And, uh, don't sell yourself short by just eating stuff because it's sitting on some uh, craft services table that somebody prepared off a rider that has nothing to do with your life. Yeah. I can definitely say that that's the trick. Prepare yourself. Prepare. Always have some amount of food around. I love having sardines, like the ones in olive oil. You can get some. Yeah. Some Some people don't like sardines. I love them because they felt me out on so many camping trips, so many green rooms, so many times when it's just like all you have are like Ritz crackers, Cheez-Its, Diet Coke, and like some nuts that are covered in God knows what. I don't even know what they put on those like processed nuts, but it's like a combination of wheat, sugar, MSG, and a bunch of other crap. And, you know, just just nuts, apples, simple things that you throw in your bag. It can save your life, and it, it really does. Yeah, well, I uh, I love hearing you talk about that stuff because that's, that's the real world. That's where the rubber meets the road, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's... That's where we are. We're out there. And none of that stuff that you just mentioned is in that storage locker behind the green room because it's healthy. It's right. because it can stay in that locker <laughs> Forever. For, for the rest of time. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it very easy to throw together a green room table. Right. But, uh, boy. And, and those tables will often have a fruit plate. Hang around that if you want. But boy, just grab those clear bottles of water, man, and, mm-hmm. and down them because it's uh if you want to get to the place where you're really in control of your mouth, where uh, it's not demanding you, it's not it's not ordering your hands to grab stuff and put it in. It's going to take a bit of a break. You're going to yeah. have to uh, you're going to have to have that line in the sand where you kind of say, "This is something I'm going to do right now, and I'm going to test myself. I'm going to give myself a, a fixed term of time to try yeah. this." Uh, and when you get to the end of that, make another achievable goal. Make another doable goal. Maybe it's uh, I'm going to go out and eat some of those. Wheat covered, sugar covered, MSG coated snacks. Just do something <laughs> that you consciously say, "This is what I'm going to do right now," and do it because that's what you've been in the habit of doing mm-hmm. when you when you take that break. Thirty days is a wonderful amount of time. I tell people, make another doable goal starting right now. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's one more week you want to try this. Maybe you want to just go. Uh, but boy, that whole I'm just uh, I've done this. I'm going to dabble for a while. I haven't seen it end well yet. I see people yeah. uh, come back six months later going. I can't believe you're still doing this, Barry. I'm so happy. Can I can I get back in the fold and hang with you again? Right. I'm like, doing it again? Man, it's life. What are you talking about? We wake yeah. up in the morning. It's life. Now, it seems like that's that's almost a personality thing, right? There are some people who are always, even the health nuts, it's like, okay, I'm on a, I'm on a seven-day cleanse or I'm going off dairy for 30 days or I'm doing X thing, but they're always kind of like bouncing around from one thing to another, whereas there's uh, the other side of that, which is just kind of like, you, you might go away from sugar for, for 30 days or whatever, and then you just start kind of like eating normally again. How do you, how do you try to make staying away from bad things normal so that you're not like going back for 30 days detoxing and then eating nothing but sugar for 30 days and then going back and going? Because yeah. that's very stressful, right? It is. And one thing that's really important is uh, somebody said in a TED Talk the other day, they said a, an experience without reflection is recreation. And I hmm. loved that quote yeah. because during the 30 day sugar free, I really say, or, you know, whatever you're doing, any diet, any uh, change in your life, record this stuff, take those sober moments to yeah. actually journal just a short piece about, wow, oh, this is something I noticed about myself today. Uh, I have people on, I think it's day three or day four, actually go to a market, go to something that they would have normally bought at that moment. If they weren't doing this, if they weren't challenging themselves in this way, Hold it, stare at the label for 15 seconds and come out of it with a couple of words. What's good about this? What's Hmm. bad about this? And what do I want to say to this product right here? Because those little moments of reflection, those tinker inside with our thought patterns. So what we have to do is uh, change. We can't just say this is for 30 days, then I'm going to be that guy again. Because, oh man, why would we do that to ourselves? I really like in going back uh, after a 30-day challenge or whatever you're going to try and do. It's like waiting in line, buying another ticket, and sitting through a movie that you really honestly didn't like the first time. <laughs> Who would ever do that? <laughs> you know, once we're already free of it. Yeah, it's true. And you, you mentioned uh, something that I want to go back to. What yeah. would I say to this, this food, right? Is that, is that what you said? Can you yeah, s- what's good expand about it? on that? I think that's cool. 
Yeah, it's a really cool prompt I give people. It's a, what's good about it, mm -hmm. what's bad about it, and what do I need to say to this food? And there is something you want to say to it. Yeah. And there's there's probably good and bad. It's a bit of, uh, you know, grabbing all the random fragments that are sitting around our brain about, you know, pick something, pick a, uh, uh, a Snickers bar. I mean, that's certainly something I could have done. But, you know, there's been good experiences in my life with it, and yeah. I don't want to I don't want to short those, you know. They uh, probably kept me company on the road on a lonely night or something or, sure. you know, made me not think about something painful. There's definitely stuff bad about it. There's a, there's an apology, you know, that I need to make to people in my life about it. You know, I could really blow this out, but what was the value of that food? Yeah. You know, what it cost me in, in uh, sleep, in my inability to focus on conversations. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what do I need? Do I need to apologize to this food? I mean, that's getting out there in a ways, but yeah, yeah. you know. Hey, I'm sorry for using you. I'm sorry to what it did to me. I'm sorry what it did to some of my relationships. I'm sorry what it did to my waistline. Right. You know, I'm sorry for the all the hours of sleep when I ate one of these right before I brushed my teeth and climbed into bed that you my body had to work. So it, there's a lot with each. Uh, there's a lot that happens when we shove something unconsciously that's loaded with sugar into our mind. And yeah, yeah there's so many levels to it. Some we feel, some uh, we don't even notice. But uh, people who were in conversations. I remember being about, uh, I think it was after my 30 days when I was already just off sugar, but my wife said to me one day, she goes, this is the first time I'm realizing that you're in a conversation instead of just at the conversation. Cool. Wow. That was really powerful to me. I mean, I started, I got really teary. I was like, wow. I, and I wanted to apologize. I wanted to apologize for all the years of, uh, you know, just moving through life like a, a sugar processing blob. Yeah. Well, and it does, it does feel like that a little bit once you get out of it. You're like, man, where was I? I haven't felt like this in in since I was a kid or ever. You know, it's it's like you're on a totally different level. It's fascinating. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, helping thousands of people go through a, a 30 day challenge. I one of the favorite things for me to to read is uh, people's uh, journal entries from day one. Okay, they are so lit up. They're like, <laughs> where's this been all my life? You know. Uh, I feel so clean. I feel clear. I feel like I could do anything right now. And it's that day. The, the first night of day one is just awesome. I just yeah. like smiling, reading what people are talking about. Then it all well, goes downhill from there. Yeah, there's a there's a little <laughs> downfall. There's uh, the reality, the harsh light of accountability, as I like to think. Yeah. Yes. You know, the, Where the do people day. bottom out? What's the toughest day four? Sometimes day seven. Yeah, a lot of people talk about a couple weeks. Yeah. You know, I think. After about 10 or 12 days, the conversations become real different. Uh, they become more about, uh, you know, the first day, of course, that high I talked about. Then there's some reality. There's like, oh, what do I do with this? We get into the nitpicking of it. What do I do? What do I put in my coffee? What do I, yeah. uh, uh, you a coffee drinker? I'm drinking coffee right now. Yeah, I have coffee. butter in my coffee, as it turns out. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, uh, the bullet. Is that? The, yeah, yeah the bulletproof. Butter. Dave's been on the show a bunch of times. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, I, I never do coffee. I love all kinds of different tea. That's my uh, morning drink. But I don't know what people put in coffee, but the taste buds, lifelong sugar in the coffee people, they don't want sugar in their coffee. And that has always yeah. blown me away because uh, I, I think of that as one of the real uh, things that's also in our body from yeah. early on. We smell our parents drinking it. It's got that calming kind of smell. True. Uh, we get started on it and you hear about the headaches and the changes in digestion when people stop. So, But yeah, yeah. to see people come off um, adding sugar into their coffee, it's great. But you know, the conversations move in waves the, from the, mm -hmm. the really highs in the early days to kind of the reality in the under 10 days. And uh, boy, after when the change happens, and I always look for this in the, the 18 to 24 day range, we, when it happens, when they taste that new food, when they uh, have that moment when the uh, Fuji apple is just this really cool rush. And, yeah. and I love that. And then, um, Wanting it from the inside, wanting it more than you don't want it. That's mm -hmm. that's the continuing piece. Have, have you gotten yourself high enough and feeling this new life that you can kind of make a new doable goal? It's, it's yeah, man. It's a it's a great journey. Totally. I'm glad yeah. you brought up the sugar and the coffee thing too, because that's one of the biggest reasons I put a bunch of wacky fats in my coffee. I love like heavy whipping cream, sometimes mm. butter, coconut oil, coconut milk, the fattiest kind ever. Because when you put fat in it instead of sugar, that yeah. helps a lot of people who are just like, oh, I don't like coffee black. Or I want something that's a little bit more substantial or I want something that's kind of comforting and tastes good. And man, when you rely on sugar in your coffee, I think that's one of the biggest reasons coffee gets a bad rap and tea gets a bad rap 
sometimes. It's not because of the the you know plant-based beverage itself, but because of all the crap that people put in it or all the yeah. crap that Starbucks puts in it, right? Where you have like I it's astronomical. It's like 80 oh, grams yeah. of sugar in some of those things, right? Yeah, there was a holiday uh, drink that Starbucks had. They were passing around one day when I was in there uh, kicking back with some people. And I was like, what's in that? And I looked it up on my phone. Abel, this thing had, uh, let me make up a number. I think it was over 1,200 calories. And I was like, what? It, it was a cup like this. It was one of these holiday Whoa. cinnamon latte caramel. Oh, it had caramel in it. Yeah. And it was 1,200 calories. And I was like, who's Holy thinking crap. of that? Well, I'm going to enjoy this, but that's half my calories for the day. Right. No. Man. That was that was really intense. Uh, there were so we, many things we, I would rather have than that. <laughs> I would rather polish yeah, off well, a whole pizza than that. <laughs> but the girl drink. was walking around the Starbucks with these little taster cups, you know, handing them out like uh, the only guy at a crack house with a lighter. It mm-hmm. was unbelievable the way people were grabbing those things and just, uh, whoa. Couldn't get enough of it. Brutal, brutal. Now, and, uh, you're here. I want to make sure I ask you this. I'm totally spitballing, but it's something that it, I don't really get to ask that often because it seems like when you're a performer, especially one that involves some dexterity, some quickness, mm-hmm. some quick mental thinking, it seems like if you don't die when you're 26 or whatever, you live forever and you have this kind of like vibrant energy that you're definitely you know showing everyone today bb king is another example of that like even though he had diabetes and gained a lot of weight as he aged he was still like there and he could play it seems like there's some connection between like dexterity and and using your brain and your hands that lends itself to a long healthy life have you seen that have you experienced that what's Mm. what's your opinion about that yeah it's interesting uh I was uh, doing a show in Minneapolis this weekend and a bunch of performers, circus people, you know, my people, uh, jugglers, uh, ventriloquists, magicians. We had this great uh, three-hour lunch at at Whole Foods right downtown Minneapolis. And for some reason, uh, there was a football game on that seemed very important to the people of Minnesota. (laughs) But we were all, (laughs) we all had this realization that none of us had any interest in professional sports. Like, I never even know what season it is. Yeah. And, and we thought, wow, is there some connection there? Is it because we found this thing in early in life where we were responsible for the outcome of it, where we yeah. were the builders, we were the creators, the writers uh, that, that kept us from uh, consuming this stuff that was uh, just very much had mass appeal mm-hmm. uh, versus creation. Uh, sure, hey, man, B.B. King, you look at a guy who created, who uh, drew with on his own heart and spirit to make his art. Quite possibly... Uh, with juggling, I like to think about this change. I was 15 years old when I was at a camp, and uh, our bunk had a choice that day to uh, go into this really hot, smelly room with arts and crafts or juggling by the pool. And honestly, neither of them back. sounded very good. Yeah, but the, uh, <laughs> the pool sounded really good. I'm like, oh, cool. We'll uh, throw some balls for 10 minutes, and then we'll go into the pool. I never left that class. Needless to say, uh, 40, 40 years later, I'm still uh, juggling. has been a big part of my life from that one day. But I remember the day where I first felt, and you've probably had people on your show that talk about this whole concept of crossing the midline in the brain mm-hmm. and throwing something from one side, and not a lot of sports do that. So right. there might be something with uh, guitarists, with musicians, where we, it just, it's circular. Yeah. Um, I, I don't look at the left and right side of my brain that differently. I look at it as a brain that I can reach across and catch things that are coming in from over here. Yeah. And uh I think it uh, it's a great exercise. It's uh, probably the uh, the five minutes. Uh, what's that called? The the shoot. What's the challenge? I'm blanking on the word. We're doing them at night here in our house. The down hold the plank. It's probably the oh, okay. plank of yeah. the brain. You know the uh, the, plank the for your brain. I like it. Yeah, and any kind of arts where we get to use. Uh, draw on both sides and use both of our hands in that way yeah and I think it goes back to being deeply human you know especially when I go out in the woods as I should every every so often go on a camping trip or something like that just kind of get back in touch with who you are you feel like a kid again you're you know climbing trees you're playing you're like doing things and that that most domesticated humans today especially adults just don't do anymore but I think it it does keep us young it keeps your brain healthy it's planks for the brain yeah (laughs) We were up in Seattle, and it was uh, wintertime, and it was cold. We were at the Puget Sound, though, on the beach, and I, like, stripped down uh, underwear, and I went and dove in these waves, and, like, it was a family reunion. Everyone's like, how could you do that? I'm like, how could you not? Right. We're, 
That's so awesome. It's, a, it's a, a mindset shift. It's like, yeah, how could you not do that? I mean, we're here and it's totally. just like a dive in and 10 strokes and get out. And yeah, so I like lighting up. Maybe it's got a lot to do with sugar, the arts, whatever it is. Uh, but I want to say I've seen uh, a ton of uh, regular people who work behind a computer or uh, are very good at math uh, take control of what happens in their mouth. And yeah. that manifests out into a uh, newfound energy, a newfound love, a passion, uh, energy that comes from within, and the ability to make really any other change they want in their life. Uh, yeah. Tackle the sugar monster, and uh, the rest of the life kind of seems like a fun little uh, a little, little game to, to so design true. as you like. So true. Well, Barry, this has been awesome. Before we go, can you please tell folks where they can find you and what you're working on next? Yeah, sure. Uh, 30 days, sugarfree.com. That's plural, 30 days sugarfree.com, although I think some, one of the eggheads in my world made that singular too, you can get there because who knows? Nice. <laughs> who knows how all the chicken bones that wave on the internet work? Uh, I thought it working was on next, working on next, <laughs> being the best dad in the world, uh, helping people around the world just kind of take a look at uh, their relationship with food. Always traveling around whenever I go somewhere on the road, I jump into a local news program and uh, yeah. just talk about sugar with the hosts and make them laugh and smile for a while. That's so great. Yeah, going on 30 years of marriage, too, which in California is almost wow. illegal. Good for you. Congrats, man. Yeah, man, it's fun. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, Barry, this has been a blast. I'd love to have you on the, the show again. Sugar is something we can't really talk about it enough. Everyone struggles with it, and what you're doing is really helping people out. So thank you so much for coming on. Hey, coming from your mouth, that's great, man. Thank you so much. You're, uh, you're helping a ton of people, and I love it. Thanks so much. Thanks, Barry. Thanks again for listening to Fat Burning Man. Don't forget, before you go, check out fatburningtribe.com. If you have a question for me that you want answered about how to improve your performance, what to eat for dinner, how to drop fat quickly, how to improve your overall health, or anything else, we answer all of your questions there. So quickly, you can get the first month for just $1 for a limited time. Check it out at fatburningtribe.com. All right, I'll see you there. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fat Burning Man. If you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, the podcast app, or wherever else you might be listening to or watching this show. Got a second? Please leave me a quick review on iTunes. I always love hearing from you, and if you think someone else might like and benefit from this free show, please take a second to share it with a friend or with a family member. You can get in touch with me on Twitter at FatBurnMan and Facebook by typing in Abel James or FatBurningMan. Drop me a line anytime. Did you know that I've recorded over 150 episodes of Fat Burning Man, winning four awards in independent media and hitting number one in more than eight countries? And here's some more good news. You can download and listen to every single episode for free. All you have to do is type in fatburningman.com I'll give you a second to type it in fatburningman.com and you'll get all the show notes in video and audio versions for all the past episodes of Fat Burning Man better yet enter your best email at fatburningman.com sign up for my newsletter and I'll even send you a quick start guide to start burning fat right now and a few of our ridiculously tasty recipes as a special thanks for signing up once again, just go to fatburningman.com right now, enter your best email to get your free fat burning download straight to your inbox and make sure that you never miss a show again. This is Abel James signing off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Actually, nowadays, a lot of people are so set in sitting in chairs mm -hmm. and not sitting in particular positions. Um, I don't want to say that we should be, but, but that was a norm for people way back when that we've lost some of this uh, movement.